Welcome to episode 235 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. Well, hello there, Jason. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good. Where, where did you just come from? So I just came from Colby's uh, baseball instruction. So he gets like, I, oh, I think I mentioned okay. before I signed yeah, up you, to private lessons. Yeah, a few times, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what's actually interesting about it. Um, I, so we've, we did it, we've done it for like, what, like two months, two and a half months, something mm-hmm. like that. And... You know, as I've mentioned before, he's improved dramatically. Like, yeah. He was an alternate for the All-Star selection, which is amazing because saying the best at the beginning of the season, he couldn't even catch the ball except underhanded. Wow. That's uh, all cool. And, and that goes to, sh- you know, show you how, how valuable, like, personalized or individualized instruction from experts yeah. can be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, Well, we, I mean, we've, we have covered that, though. Yeah, yeah. Quite so, a bit, yeah. I know. But so what's, what I wanted to say about it is that, so I'm going to take him a break. For a while. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, the, the, uh, there's a sort of desire to keep it going, right? It's just yeah. get a lot of momentum. Let's just keep a schedule. I mean, and, and then over time, you know, you will see a lot of progress, right? But I had a conversation with the, um, the head of the academy, who's one of his instructors. Yeah. And, you know, about that, about, you know, do you give them a break? Do you take time off? The pluses and minuses. I mean, the minuses are if we take time off, Loses momentum, forgets some of the stuff he learned. We lose our schedule spot, which is this ideal position on Sunday mornings, you know. But, you know, the more, even a more important issue is the idea of moving things from the get to category to the have to category. I see. So there's things in our life that we get to do, like go to the movie or read whatever it is you want to do to, I have to. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that's something you want to avoid if at all possible. <laughs> Right. And especially with kids. I mean, we want to avoid that as adults in our own lives. You want things to be, you want to be doing, going from one thing you get to do to another thing you get to do as opposed to going from one thing you have to do to I have to do this, I have to do that. And next thing you know, your whole life is all about things you have to do. Well, that's been a theme in our private discussions for the past week. Yeah. And so I wanted to segue into that. So just to finish off about Colby and this baseball thing is I said, all right, look, you know, his um, summer league, which is kind of a fun, no practice thing that goes on for like six weeks or two months yeah. so that starts in like six weeks so why don't we're just gonna take a break mm-hmm. we're not gonna do anything and then the weekend before that we'll we'll start again um just to give him a break and and they were really obviously understanding of that because he's eight yeah <laughs> it's not like he's even 12 or 15 you know he's eight um but uh you know you always as somebody who likes the the process of getting better and, and understanding the importance of practice and consistency and everything like that. It's always hard to stop. Yeah. Right. You want to grind. You're like, just keep pushing, just keep mm-hmm. pushing. But it's a really dangerous game because you can ruin things for kids. Well, do you think that's what happened with soccer and Colby? I think to a degree, I think, um, and it wasn't, you know, in, 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 and I, and it was for the best of intentions. I mean, it's like, Oh, there's this great soccer camp. You want to go Colby? Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, Colby, there's this uh, soccer clinic that this club soccer team is putting on on Saturday mornings. You want to do it? Okay. Yeah, but he, he's club. just saying, okay. But so I guess um, you, have, you haven't said on the show about Colby's decision about soccer. 
Yeah, and <laughs> so Colby told me last weekend that he didn't want to play soccer anymore. Yeah. He wanted to quit. Yeah. Which was shocking and not shocking. I mean, it was shocking in the sense that he was so good and he was a you know, club player and all that stuff, and he was off to such a great start, and it's also my, you know, one of my two primary sports, so yeah. I was like really, you know, I was excited about him playing and being good at it, but he just, I was, we were sitting in the park talking to this mom this is a kid that was playing with my kids and we were talking through activities. I said, yeah, Kobe plays, plays football and soccer and basketball and baseball. And he's, and he's like, and Kobe happened to be sitting there next to me for a few seconds. Right. When I said that, and he's like, I don't want to play soccer anymore. <laughs> I was like, like, really? That. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I don't want to play. I'm like, even AYSO. Kind of funny. He's like, no. I said, what about if I coach you? Cause he, he really likes it when I coach him. He's yeah. like, no, not really. So he's done, but he really likes football. He loves football. He loves football. And he, and he, and he, he Loves baseball now too. Oh, great! So that's moved from a, to a love at this stage. Yeah, I think it was a combination of just getting a lot better. Yeah, you know, and I think he liked his teammates. It's always a you can't underestimate the importance of like having buddies, like people you really like on your team, as opposed to just guys you play. Well, with. it's such a different dynamic though. Like baseball, it's kind of like it's team, but it's also very personal. Whereas soccer, it's just a hundred percent team, a hundred percent of the time, right? Um, baseball, he's getting up there with the bat and he's getting his own time in the spotlight every, every game. And then even when, even when you're on the field, it's coming straight to you. So it's still a personal thing. Like you've got to catch it. You've got to hit it. Yeah, it's just true. But you also got to throw it to your teammate. If you give a bad throw, you you know, they're depending on you to throw it to them. But it's like only a third of the, a third of the game kind of thing. Yeah, and you'd be surprised how many soccer players still plays individuals. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. and you get really frustrated, like, dude, pass the ball, I or dude, right. you need to run to space. Even if you're not going to get the ball, pull the defense out of position, run to space. You know, anyway, that's a whole other discussion. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, the whole thing is that I'm just learning is that you, is especially with the whole soccer the way soccer turned out is that you really want to be careful about moving things from the get to column to the have to column. And that not only for kids, but for adults. And well, talking about, like, sounds like you want to move a few things to the uh, get-to column. So what, what, what have you been thinking about? Well, that? you know, I, since we've gone to doing the show once every two weeks into once a week, or even when we're doing it once, twice a week, it's yeah. moved more from the have-to to the get-to. Oh, really? So it, you're, you're dying to talk in the show and get, get going? And Yeah, well, it was in the get-to, and then we just did it so much, and after a couple years... It was like, it was just nothing I have to do. It's not that I didn't enjoy it, but it's like, okay, well, we got to, Justin, I have to schedule time to think. And oh, I got to go through the links and notes and maybe figure out what I'm going to talk about. Now I got, now Justin just uploaded a Dropbox, this hour and a half thing. Now I got to go through it and write in all these notes. Well, last episode was two, two and a quarter hours, right? Writing the notes for that were just brutal. And that, <laughs> that was funny. It's actually probably good that we did that. Yeah. That just totally burnt me out. Like I. <laughs> That's when you're like, okay. I don't want to do the longest show in the world anymore. <laughs> I mean, it would only be like a one, if we ever did like a really long show, like I could see us doing it just once or once a year for fun. Yeah. But, and I wouldn't do like this 24 hour, 48. I mean, we might do like a, I could see doing like a four or five or six hour show if we just want to do something crazy like that. Yeah. Someday. But writing up the notes like for that two and a half hour show. I mean, it was like, it took me like three days or four days to get it to. You were like, when is, I'm like, this is taking forever. Well, I, I think it'd be more fun to, um, uh, basically, have a live audience than to than to do a long show. 
Yeah, or we could do. If, I, I don't know how that works, but that'd be fun. Even to do just that. like four or five people in the room with yeah, us. Yeah, like Philip Monet and you know Udi and Alfie. And, yeah, that would be cool. And uh, you know, a lot of our regular commenters who yeah. we could just inform them. It was like, guys, here's what we're time we're thinking of doing. Anybody can jump on, even for twenty minutes. And I would like that. We can see how that works. So anyway, so you're talking about things that you uh, want to move from the get to to the have to. No, from the have to to the get to. Yeah, like another one of them. So, so the texting. Show is now I'll move to the get-to. Okay. Like, I was really looking forward to doing a show. Yeah, except for the fact that yesterday, this was, this was like, oh, my God, this is a comedy of errors. So Jason was uh, waiting outside, and I was basically, I had my phone on vibrate, and I, my Skype was turned off. And I was basically getting the place ready for, for you. And like, like today, you, you were half an hour late, right? You're regularly half an hour late. Well, you know, no, no, no. no not, well, not regularly, but what I mean is it's it's not uncommon for you to be 15 minutes. Yeah, it's not uncommon for you 15 minutes, right? Yeah, because okay, like, right. as I'm walking out the door, the kids accost me. Right. Dad, 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 you got to do this, dad, you got to so, do this. Yeah. So I didn't think of checking my phone. You're, in the meantime, you're waiking outside for 15 minutes and then you're like, oh, okay. 20, F, it was at 9.25. So F 25, after 25 <laughs> minutes, I'm like, dude, I don't know what the hell's going on. Because I, I, I was thinking like, I was like, you know, I wonder if something happened. I mean, did did Georgie like suddenly is she's did someone got sick and you had to run to the hospital? Or I'm like, why would Justin not be home and not even send me like a three word text like, yeah. sorry to reschedule la- later, explain later or something. I not even that. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And then I was just trying to imagine a scenario where that would happen. <laughs> and after 25 minutes, I was like, well, I can't sit outside your gate, right? For an hour and a half. Why didn't you just come? There must be people walking in and out the gate. There was one father and son that came in and I was sitting down. Would have been weird. Like writing a text. And if I just bolted up, they would have been like, (laughs) well, the reason we have a gate here (laughs) is so that people, not anyone can just come. We don't let people who look like Thor in this, in this gate, you know? (laughs) Exactly. I mean, you know, I, because, you know, I live in a, we live in a, um, kind of a new complex that has a gate and I don't like it when I see people kind of slip through. But that sucks because we were both really in the mood to do it yesterday as well. So anyway. well, and it really sucked because we had stuff, activities packed throughout the day. We had yeah. Colby's end of season uh, uh, baseball ceremony. Then we had his barbecue, his team barbecue and pool party. Then I want to take Colby over to the Robo Rally, the Passing the Science and Technology Expo Robo Rally, which I'll tell you about in a minute. And then Sandy and I had to go to, for her end of year junior league you know barbecue big event so i mean it was oh, packed. Wow. so the only time i had to do this show it was from 9 to ten thirty. we had it set i'm like sweet i'm gonna knock it out i'm gonna get all <laughs> the stuff done and then and, and i said also i have other work to do but i like you know what? i'll do the podcast then yeah and so it just killed everything and i'm just like you know like you just have your day slot and just oh, screwed everything all right up. well i'm sorry about that no, no i mean it wasn't yeah. your fault it was just stupid <laughs> just screwed up so okay so we got the podcast the podcast is now a get to it's a podcast is get to catalyst what about catalyst is that a have to or a get to Cat is funny. So, I was I was wavering. I've been wavering for the past month or two about what, what the plans were going to be for the summer for Catalyst. I had a bunch of parents email me. Are, we, are you guys going to do it? Also, they thought maybe we'd do more of it, like a, a camp or something. You know, hopefully, because you know parents are planning out their summers. So oh they're, wow! They're trying to figure out what they're going to do with their kids. A fully blown Catalyst camp. Imagine that. Well, I you know I mean they're, they're just wondering like, are you guys doing yeah. any special things or what's going on for the summer? Because you know, again, they're trying to figure out what their what their summer commitments are, what camps their kids are going to go to. Are their kids going to do summer school? Are they going to do this? Going to do that? And I was just like, in the last couple months, I felt like um, it was very much. Gallus had very much moved from the get to the have to category. Mm-hmm. And I was, and because our local server thing it was having technical problems, and 
I was just felt I just felt like I had I've had committed to too many projects in general, and then Catalyst was just like one more thing that isn't remotely a financial financial benefit. All it does is suck my time and energy if you want to look at it from that perspective. And um and I was just kind of like getting burnt out on it. And you know, you've had a lot going on, so you've been in and out. You've been a lot of weeks you're like, I'm out of town, I'm in Chicago, or I I got I'm behind, I can't come. And so it was just totally fine. But I'm just like, oh, this is it's <coughs> exhausting. I need a break. But so I was feeling guilty. Like, you know, can I can I take a break this summer? Am I really gonna let people down? And because the kids really like and the parents were really hoping something. And, and I was like, well, maybe we can take six weeks off. Maybe we can take off at least till August. You know, school ends middle of June, take six weeks off, and maybe by that time everybody really fired up and excited. And so, but then I went and I talked to the uh, lady who runs the church facility, like, you know, because we run a room from the, the church. And she said, you know, actually, I had you guys your last day is uh, June 11th anyway, because we have summer camp all summer. So you can't even use, your room's going to be available till September. So that, that's perfect. So did you use that as an excuse with the... Well, it's not even an excuse. It's just it's a reason. True. Yeah, it's <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, and finding a room that's inexpensive and accessible, has parking and all these kinds of things that they can afford and, and has the right, I mean, it's very, very hard to do that. And yeah. so I said, all right, we're off until September. But since saying that, I, and, and, and I started getting a little more motivated about it, about it mm-hmm. having more ideas, because I felt like I have some time to develop project ideas and what we're going to do as opposed to like, you when you're constantly behind, you're just like, I just got to come up with something for Tuesday. Yeah. And it feels like this pressure building. It felt like, oh, wow, you know what we could do? We could do this. We could do that. And so we're down to last couple of sessions and coming into Tuesday. And I was like, what am I going to do? I want to do something fun, but I feel like we're kind of hit the wall in, a, in, in, in terms of teaching the kids basic programming structures. And I got to come up with something fun. And I was like, screw it. I'm going to bring in the three Mindstorm kits and we'll just do Mindstormers for a couple mm-hmm. weeks. You know, because like, you know, sometimes in the school year, it gets to the last couple of weeks and the teachers are kind of, you're kind of done with the curriculum and you guys just do fun stuff. Yeah. And I was like, let's just, so I brought in the Mindstorm kits and the kids went nuts. They loved it? And loved it. But last time we took a minute, it just didn't work out. What was the difference? I think we have fewer kids. We have, we have I had six as opposed to like 13. Yeah. Um, and, and the kids that we have now are, I mean, we have about eight in gen- that are really committed right now. And they're really dialed in. Like, they, those are the kids that want to be... You know what? We also had, like, people with, with Windows machines, and it just wasn't working. And we were, like, we couldn't get it to work. But now it worked all the time. Because well, you just have Macs. Uh, no, there's a couple Windows machines, I think. But it still worked? But the kids... I mean, these are the these are the kids who are, like, the most... They're hardcore, yeah. The most talented. They're the most dialed in. Um I mean, uh, you know, I think I can even say that. But we have Richard Feynman's grandson there. Yeah. For instance, we have Liam, who's whose dad's he's an astrophysicist, and he's there the whole time. Chris helping out. <laughs> we got Riley, who's exceptionally bright, and Colby, and yeah. You know, these kids are these kids are, you know, and in sports we call these kids are ballers. <laughs> yeah. And they want to do this stuff. They're not like kind of flailing around and whatever. They're like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. What's I want to do this? Like, so I brought in the Mindstorms. And I go, all right, so who did, who's done robots? And like, you know, oh, we've done this. And I'm like, well, I brought in Mindstorms and, and, and Mark, and Marco, like I said, Feynman's grandson is like, he's like, well, that program is easy. It's just drag and drop. It's not real program. I'm like, don't worry, kids. We're going to do real program. We're, we're going to do, you know, the C-like language. So they were like, you know, all into it. Yeah. So now Catalyst, now I'm excited because we'll have you know, one more class, although I may extend it to that June 11th, may do two more. I'm, I'm thinking, if it's just if we do these Mindstorms stuff, 
But now I'm excited about what we can do in terms of programming the robots. And it's it's moving from a have to to a, a get to because I don't feel so much pressure because we're going to have this nice long break. Sweet. That's cool. And um, yeah, so anyway, it's I've just seen it for myself that you when you have to do something week in, week out, over and over, and you don't get a break, yeah. something that you love and are excited about just turns into a grind and fills in, turns into pressure, and it just can suck the fun out of it. Cool. You know? What do you think? I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just priming up the next links for, to talk about when, when you want to. Sure. Sure, go ahead. Um, have you, well, so Alex, um, Alex Gemmel told me about something that uh, clearly I'm behind the times. Maybe you've heard about this, but Oculus Rift. Have you heard about Oculus Rift? Yeah, it's sort of this like um, uh, 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 augmented reality glass. It's basically thing. virtual reality, yeah. So, but but the difference is, did we talk about this on the show? I don't know. No, okay. So basically the difference is um, with regular virtual reality. So you know, a virtual reality headset basically, well, it's split up into different components. So there's the one component where you have the, just the screen that you see. Mm-hmm. And there's the other thing that's like the kind of the Jeep, the tracking. What, what do you call that? Like when it tracks movement? Um, oh, yeah. I don't know what you mean. So, I mean, I, I know what you mean, but I can't think of the term. Right. So, like, um, I don't know, four years ago, the way the virtual reality was being done was the way that you could do it at home was you could buy like a headset and um, it would just be the picture. Mm-hmm. And then you'd buy a separate motion sensor, right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, this this uh, kid. Um, do we not talk about it? I can't remember if we spoke about this or not. It I feels familiar. It feels like a familiar. But maybe maybe I was just telling people. Anyway, this kid decided to to, to really get into it. And um, oh, it's like thirteen year old kid. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, but he's been working it for years now. Like he's he's older now. He's he's like twenty or something. Twenty one. Mm-hmm. He's been working on this, and he's built this headset that just basically gives you practically like a hundred percent. The, peripheral vision yeah peripheral vision it just yeah we you, did talk about this last time we did we did talk, speak about it last time we did because it because it wasn't in the show notes oh really i was yeah. gonna screw up well that sucks nice well, maybe, maybe i spoke to you about it maybe i spoke to you about it no, over talked, lunch one time we talked about it on the show we did yeah i just probably missed the notes on uh, it. did i tell you about um you know what the co-founder of oculus rift was uh killed in a um high-speed chase the cops were chasing um some guy I don't know what the guy had done, and the guy ran over and killed uh, one of the co-founders of Oculus Rift. He was this brilliant um, technologist, uh, software developer. I I can't remember his name, but he's oh, I guess I he's developed a lot of really important technology that exists in various gaming systems and platforms over the years. I mean, I think he's a little bit older. He's like in his late forties or fifties, it looked like. And uh, huh. yeah, apparently he was just amazing. Yeah, not just developer, but just I guess he's an amazing person. So. Randomly, that's that's. I've been walking down the street. It was in Santa Ana, Irvine. He's on an Irvine, and I think he was. I think he was somehow some connection to UC Irvine, maybe. But he's walking down the street, and uh, and the cops are chasing this car, and the car goes off the side of the road, and or just or something. Like, I don't know if he's in a crosswalk or whatever. Just ran him over, killed him. Huh, that sucks. I mean, yeah, I mean, that was just on Hacker News a couple of days ago. I happened to see that. It's really tragic. Hmm. I don't know what to say after that. Did I ruin your topic? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you hear of um, TeamTreehouse.com? Yeah, that's the one that started by uh, uh, what's his face. He did uh, um, he did a bunch of conferences. What's the founder? He did um, oh Blake and on the guys. Okay, well I'm just I'll just clicking in about. Okay, so Ryan Carson. Ryan Carson. Yeah, yeah. Carson. Yeah, he it's he's it's his one of his things. So basically, Team Team Treehouse is a, a, a web based version of. Um, 
the catalyst that they're doing in in San Francisco, right? Oh, 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 how, oh, how, catalyst class, which is now known as Hack React. Yeah, yeah. An app academy, an adult for adults, teaching adults how to become professional developers. So basically, uh, I'll read the. So this is TeamTreehouse.com. From zero experience to job ready. Um, this is the this is the homepage. The extensive the extensive Treehouse library step by step video courses and training exercise will give you a wide range of competitive in demand technology skills that will help you land your next dream job or build your startup idea. No experience, no problem. Yeah, this is kind of similar to Code Academy, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Code Academy. Do you believe it? Okay. Well, a couple of things. <laughs> well, one thing I want you to say about Code Academy. I don't think Code Academy makes that quite that statement it's more i think it's more like, just getting people yeah. used to learning how to do stuff where it sounds like they have a very specific outcome you yeah know, they're trying to get to um i think for very dedicated committed self-disciplined people it's possible but the vast majority of people are not autodidacts and they can't learn they're unable to learn an entire curriculum much less even an entire subject on their own mm-hmm. um when they're starting from zero knowledge. It's one thing to be a professional developer and you know a couple of pro- programming languages and you learn another programming language. Or or maybe just like not learn programming and kind of learn how to program in Python or basic or something, right? Yeah. It's another thing to say, okay, I'm going to learn um, you know, JavaScript and Python and SQL and NoSQL and Git and uh, you know, HTML and CSS and, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, from scratch, every day, 10 hours a day, I'm going to do that. It just doesn't, it's, I think, you know, I think it's hard enough, I think, for people to, co- to actually successfully complete a course like edX or Coursera or U- Udacity. Yeah. I mean, those people, um, I think the attrition rates are pretty high. And uh, so doing something like this, well, I think it's a really cool resource to have on the web. And I think for some small segment of the population, it'll, it'll work. Well, but vast I mean, I regularly have people ask me, like, oh, what can I do to, like, learn to, to program? It's great to have that place to send them now there's a place to send them yeah like the other like the other people that we advertised what was it i i hire these guys hire these guys <laughs> these guys yeah hire like that guys. that's a great com. place to send people hire these guys.com if you're looking for let's a, do a free it. let's do a free advertising if yeah. you need any simple ba- website <laughs> built designed you know you don't have the time to do it or someone in your family or some friend of yours is begging you to build something and uh, send them to hire these guys.com yeah. and they'll uh, and if you if anyone asks you um to how you know how can I get started in web programming? Just send them to teamtreehouse.com. Hey, I just seen a, a link that I had saved uh, about the Oculus Rift thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should definitely include this in the show notes. I'm pretty sure we didn't talk about this last week. I think you, I think I, like a content sieve, spoke to you about this over lunch recently. What a shock! Okay, so basically, um, this I really want you to put this in the show notes. My 90 year old grandmother tries the Oculus Rift, <laughs> and it's a video. It's a YouTube video of this 90 year old just like in awe like oh my oh my god this is incredible like really is, is this is this is this the real world you know like, that's funny <laughs> so i think we should put that in there that is really funny um yeah it's funny how old well Pete, you know sometimes these older people or people from past generations have a hard time really um understanding or be able to embrace technology that's this far advanced all right got another, i've got another one for you okay 3d printed pizza in space you know, I had that link down. I didn't, I didn't read it. That was something I had my bookmark to read. So what's, what's NASA funds food replicator for space station? 
All right, like start this art check. Right, right. So, so basically, the you know, like with other 3D printers, you can get like a metal 3D printer where it, you, I guess you feed it powder and then it like welds it together as right. it prints it. And then you've got plastic printers where you feed it plastic and it, it melts that plastic. So this is a food printer where you feed it basic foodstuffs like, you know, starch, salt, <laughs> whatever, and it prints the food for you. I wonder like how many different basic foodstuffs you'd have to have to be able to to um well you make could, i mean any significant variety of foods right right because you couldn't exactly print meat right <laughs> no and you couldn't it's not like you could print like a uh um stir fry no oh, i want some bell peppers and some chicken i mean uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna <laughs> i work. mean i'm gonna build the cell the entire cell structure of a bell pepper like that sounds pretty out there i don't know well you know i guess speaking of food i mean did you see the uh, crowdfunding of soylent yeah so what? Oh yeah, no, we, you see no, it. We, we, I I contributed. You know, it's funny. Since it's been so long since we do a podcast, I forget how much has transpired. Yeah. So that's the reason why I'm sure we didn't talk about Oculus Rift on the show, but I know we did talk about it. No, I'm telling you, we talked about it. I remember sitting there talking to you about it. I'm almost positive we talked about Oculus Rift. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, so yeah. so they're they're they had, they started a Kickstarter campaign. I don't know where it's at now, or maybe it's, it actually wasn't a Kickstarter campaign. It was sort of was it's their own version of Kickstarter. Yeah, they. Just, I don't think they were allowed on Kickstarter. Really? Why? They, they don't accept all people. They turn them. They turn people down. Well, what I think they want they wanted to be on Kickstarter, but I guess they just didn't end up being on Kickstarter. Yeah, so they raised a lot of money. Anyway, I sent you a link. I'm like. I'm like, buy the, the one-week supply for 65 bucks. I'll split it with you, and we'll drink it on the show. But, like, why would you call it Soylent? I mean, Soylent is the story about... Soylent Green. Soylent Green. It's about people dying, like, drink, eating dead people. I mean... Uh, that makes no sense. Like, what a bad branding mix. I don't anyway. know. Anyway. I mean, I, I you know, the guy who uh, is doing it is, may not have a lot uh, a good... Th- I, I hasn't really thought very thoroughly, very, very much about it. I don't know. But the the point is that we're going to drink it on the show and we're able to tell people whether it's edible or not. Right. Like it may be awful. Well, <laughs> I mean, they say they say it tastes really good, but I mean, you know. Well, well but one thing doesn't taste good to another person. Yeah. But I mean, we can at least drink it and be like, well, this tastes kind of like oatmeal or it kind of tastes like a vanilla milkshake or it kind of tastes like a really bad you know, vanilla milk, like a, it tastes like a really bad vanilla protein shake or something. Like we can at least give them a sense of what, and we'll have both of us, right? Like we may have different opinions, but it'll be interesting. So this guy, how long has he been living on Soylent now? Three months or something? Two or three months? He's just been living on Soylent for three months. Well, no, because he, I think he, it's not every meal. He's just like, he, when he goes out to eat like, you know, to a restaurant with friends and stuff, he'll go and eat regular food. It's only his non, you know, social you know, meals or meals that he's going specifically to say, I'm going to go get some sushi. Like he doesn't but is have, he happy he doesn't about have that? like a ham sandwich or a bowl of cereal or, or something. Right. He'll have. So. so they've raised it. They've raised, um, four that there's 19 days left on their Kickstarter in quotes, their own Kickstarter concept. Um, they've raised 413,000. They were, they were aiming to get a hundred thousand, 3,488 product market fit. Yeah. I mean, you know, or at least that that definitely proves that there's a demand for something out there. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see what people, how people respond to it. I mean, maybe people don't like the taste of it. Maybe it's, it's, I mean, he says he feels great, right? I mean, he went through a few false starts where 
he didn't have enough sulfur in it, so he had joint issues, or he didn't have enough iron, or some of the things. But then once he corrected those things, he says he feels like he's like the super version of himself. He's like more alert, more high, higher energy, more better concentration, all these kinds of things when he's consuming soylent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Jason. I mean, well, really. you're, so you're a skeptic. Well, that's fine. But so, so we've got one week supply, and we're going to go. Well, 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 you know, we'll, I mean, we, 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 we try it out a few times, but we'll definitely, I think what we should do is we have our very first taste of it. So have your, your blender out or whatever, and let's make it right before the show and let's drink it on the show. And then we can, <laughs> well, I'll tell you something like they need, they need me to do their audio because the audio was so bad on the video. That yeah, was poor. Bloody hell. I, but it just goes to show you really don't need a good video. I mean, you don't need to be high tech to do the whole Kickstarter thing. You don't need to be high tech. You don't need a good video. You don't need good audio. You just need something that people are interested in. What people people want, and, and giving them something. And they're doing a blog post about it. Do a good blog post. They blog posts go a long way. Be somewhat credible in talking about whatever it is that you want to do or build. Or yeah. Jeez. Speaking of that, I'm gonna jump subjects. Do you mind? No. Okay. So I get an email about I think six weeks ago from a uh, a guy who's a partner in this algorithmic trading firm oh yeah and you know it was because of that blog post i wrote a year year and a half ago called why i quit algorithmic trading to do web startups yeah. i still get emails about that all the time which is really funny i get vast majority of emails are from that occasionally i'll get an email about how i how i'm bootstrapping with kids or whatever but that email for some well, you mean the vast majority of emails you get from blog posts are about that yeah, about from you know that aren't the podcast from blog posts yeah but it, that makes sense because uh, like a lot of people want to go into trade like trading uh, much more people would do that than decide to become a developer or something like that yeah I, yeah so and apparently it, it, it's you know and it, it resonated with a lot of different people or whatever and, but a lot of people would come to me wanting to hire me to build trading systems for them which is but that's, so, that's that's crazy like that, I, the whole blog post is why i quit it <laughs> oh it's like i <laughs> like, quit i quit why are you asking me to <laughs> That's as soon as you as soon as you become unavailable. I mean, that's scarcity, right? That's the scarcity. You've created scarcity. People are like, "I want this guy because he doesn't do it anymore." He clearly, it sounds like he's done a lot and he knows a lot, and he's burnt out on it. But yeah. you know what? I want him since he he doesn't want to do it. Yeah, I don't know. It's really funny. So, um, so I get those kind of emails a lot, and yeah. and and uh, not a lot. I mean, sometimes I'll get two in a week. Sometimes I won't get any for a week or two. But um, so I get the email from this guy who this is partner of this firm and they're actually using artificial intelligence oh, cool. in their trading system and they're successful oh yeah double and cool there and, and 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 the numbers look like they're their numbers are look really good like they're doing very well and but they're still kind of starting out and they're still trying to raise more capital and all these, these kinds of things and what they're looking for is um they want to bring in a third partner who's a technologist a coder and technology person hmm. but who's also willing to put some money into it because they don't want to bring someone in for a month or two. The person has access to all their algorithm and technology and then they leave. I see. So it's like, look, you got to put some skin into the game and be part of this with us because it's dangerous, you know, because unlike the web world, if you work for a company, it's kind of hard to go off, you know, go off and especially if you sign some kind of non-compete or an NDA and go out and start a competing product. Now, but, but if I'm starting a trading system, it's all secretive. And I, let's say you and I have some little partnership and we're trading, we're making money. And then finally I decide, you know, I, I think Justin's, you know, bringing me down and I want to leave or whatever. He owns too much of it or whatever it is. I could go off and trade somewhere you'd never know. 
You had no idea. What oh, you'd doing. never know. How would you know what I'm but, doing? But you don't want to do that because, like we discussed yesterday off air about, like it feels twice as bad for a loss than it does for a win or something like that. Like, oh, well, we just talked about just in trading in general that um, I, there was a paper I read uh, a couple of years ago, and I, we've mentioned on the show at least once or twice over the years. But the the psychological cost of a losing trade is two and a half times. Uh, a greater in magnitude than in an equal win. Right. So, yeah. So don't invest your money in that company. No, that's not it. No, no. You're, you're, totally, you're no, no. You're totally misreading that thing. If you're trading all day long, yeah, and you're mentally trading, you're going to be the psychological deficit in the day. But if you invest in a company, if you put money in a company, you're not watching the results. You don't even know what the results but are. But that, but that company that you're investing in is trading, and you're watching the trades, right? No. No. I thought I thought you so just said like it was a, a trading no, company. No, no, it's like a it's like a hedge fund type of thing. Or you put money into it, and they they trade. It's like putting money into a, a fund. It's a money into a fund. Okay. These these proprietary trading firms or commodity whatever. I mean, you essentially you wouldn't be watching them trade. But who makes the AI? They do. So they have. They are currently trading mostly their own capital. I see. Yeah. And they're and they and, they're, and the thing and the system is automatically tr- making the trades and executing the trades. And but if they if they don't have like a tech guy, what I mean, how do they? They, do. G- they have one one guy's uh, developing the algorithms, and he's developed the technology, and they need someone else. It just it's, it's too much for one person to do. I see, which makes sense, right? Yeah. But unlike some web or mobile startup, you can't just hire someone, and you know if they leave in six months or three months, it's like no big deal. Like okay, well, I mean, it sucks. It's always annoying to hire people, but you can't bring in someone. They see the goods, they see what works, and they're like. And either A, they're not happy with the compensation or they're happy with whatever or they want to do things a little different. They just, they know how it works. And then go and say, oh, I'm going to go. Th- Thanks, guys. I don't know how you could lose on the stock market with the M trade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that? We should, oh, oh, tell that. Then I, I want to finish the story, though. But go on. So your M trade? M trade. No, we'll, we'll get back to the M trade. If you can finish your story and then we'll Okay, we'll so <laughs> he, 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 he emailed me about it and he's like, or no, he, so we had a phone call. He, he just wanted to talk. And so we were, you know, he told me about the kind of person he's looking for. And I was like, well, to find someone who has some background in trading and software development and has and can put money into something, I mean, that's a, be a very limited... Okay, so are you going to do this? Is this your new project? No. No, I'm not oh, doing it. Okay. I mean, I don't have... I can't really want to put like, you know, here's $50,000 and... A thousand yeah. texting listeners just went, oh, well done, Jason. No. I'm not Good kidding. decision. But what I, what I suggested to him is I said, uh, you know, if you want to attract someone like, you know, write... A blog post, what you guys are doing. Yeah. You know? So he's like, okay, and I explain, like, you know, you make it like a story and explain what you guys are doing because you need to pull people and they need to understand what you're doing, get to know you, get to know, you know, get to know the whole, um, the whole story. And so he sent me an email. He, he wrote something which, which wasn't half bad, but it was more like, it was like a page and a half, like, this is kind of who we are, what we're yeah. doing. And I'm like, it, I, and I replied and I said, okay, well, that's fine, but it's not a story. You know, it's like, and, oh, and right at the end, it was tagged on at the end. It was like the kind of person they're looking for. I'm like, this almost just sounds like a job posting. Yeah. I'm like, what you need to do is I want to read the story. And I said, title it something like Birth of an AI Trading Company. And let's break it into a series of posts. and be kind of long. Part one, tell the story. Because it's going to be an interesting story. It's going to be a crazy story because it's a crazy thing, right? People are going to understand like, well, how did you do it? And how much, what money did you raise? And how did you figure it out? And what do you, you say AI? What do you mean by AI? I mean, there's a lot of learning steps and there's going to be a lot of silly things that they've done and learned from. And I said, but if you do that, it's going to build credibility. People are going to realize, oh, okay, I can see 
how or what they're doing. You know, um, you don't have to explain your exact algorithm, but at least get some detail. And um, and also, you, you just want them to empathize with you. Yeah. If you read their story, like in in and the thing that was interesting is he wrote it when he wrote it. I'm like he was, as most people do, they gloss over details. Yeah, yeah. Miracle, you know, like unpacking miracle functions. There's these miracle functions all over. I'm like, dude, why did you explain this? Like, this stuff is fascinating. Like, tell, he's talking about his partner, like two cents. And I'm like, that guy sounds fascinating. Like, how do you guys know each other? I mean, what were you doing? I mean, how did this get started? So I sent him a bunch of e- uh, email back with a bunch of questions. Like, answer all these questions. I don't care if this thing turns to be five times as long and break it up. But if you write a good blog post that we're talking about. So yeah, totally. Tell your story. It will be engaging and you'll be surprised at what might happen out of it. I said, there, you know, somebody... That so of, did they do it? Well, I mean, I'm, I just sent him back a bunch of questions. I'm kind of working as sort of this, like... I'm helping him as sort of like an editor in a sense. Like, here's... the Shape this into a story. You need to answer these questions. This first paragraph, you need to fill this out. Are you getting 200 an hour to be an AnyFoo expert? No, I'm just doing it to be a nice guy. Oh, okay, fair enough. But, you know, I just... I mean, I talk to him. He's, I'm, I'm, I think it's a fun story and I'm just, you know, whatever. So, I don't know why. Why do I get myself involved in these things? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so the M trade is like just my naive uh, first thought about uh, what is it called? Like automatic trading, like uh, automated, trading. automated trading. Like I don't know why this wouldn't work every time. So it'd be interesting to just hear get some listeners' feedback. But if you, if you, <laughs> why this would work every time? <laughs> I mean, but it's the strategy. Made, the first strategy off the top of your head. Yeah, but it makes time. sense, right? If you if you look at the if you look at the chart of the trades. And you see the shape of an M, right? So you start monitoring at the beginning, then it goes up to a certain point, then it goes down back to where it was at the beginning, then it goes up to where it just was, and then it goes down to where it just was. Well, bye, because it's obviously just going to go After up. After the fourth twist of the past, so obviously, it's, no. It's, it's, I mean, it's basically up, down, up, down, bye, because now it's going to go up, right? That's yeah, the pattern that was so, proven. So what you're basically doing is you're identifying a, uh, a channel or right. a range. So that's called a range-based trading. So you've defined your range that it, it uh, hits some upper threshold and some lower threshold within a certain amount of time. Yeah. And if that's the case, then that is signaling to you that we have a, ch- we have a channel or a range. And so we're going to buy at the lower end and sell to the end. Instead of the top yeah. So you're convinced that that's just going to work. Yeah. Well, you have to define that more accurately. Like, well, how big is the range and how much time is to pass and <coughs> how many times, you know, I mean, so what you would do, and this is what I suggested yesterday when we were talking about this, is you go to quantopian.com, which is now is a SaaS web-based backtesting platform, which is really cool. I think they've done a pretty good job. It's only, I think at this point, it's only one-minute bars. It's not tick trading, so it's not extremely accurate in the backtesting. One um, minute's fine. I mean, I, I do it every day, this thing I'm talking about. I don't care. So you're doing off-closing prices? I don't care. Just like whatever, just whatever's happening. What does that mean? Like at a, a point in time, why is it close? I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about this. So what is it? Closing yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it? You'd go, is it off closing prices or? So there's, there's, I mean, it depends. I mean, when you look at your data points, you have a time series of data points. There's, are you, there's, there's different time frames. Are we talking, are your time points just whatever the closing price of each day? No, two, two thirty every day, two thirty PM. So you take one data point at 2.30. between 2.30 today and 2.30 tomorrow? Yeah, 2.30 every day. That's keep, a data point. Keep, okay, fine. Keep track of it over like, uh, you know, for every day and look at it every day and see if it does if it does the M okay, shape. Okay, well, you might as well just take the end of day closing prices because you're just picking a random time. Okay, so... Well, first of all, the market is closed 2.30 uh, Pacific time. So you're, uh, if you're talking Eastern time, 
that would be no i want uh, it but i, I want to do that i want to do the m trade when the market's open right okay well, let's <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> this is a silly conversation but what i'm going to do is i'm going to say here's what you do you would you would take the closing price every day and if your m trade condition was satisfied based on however you define these thresholds then you'd and, and you would uh, oh, buy or sell the next at the open the right. next day. Okay, so you'd buy if it was down, if it was at the bottom of the channel, mm-hmm. and you'd sell so if it was the top, mm-hmm. or even just like enough up that it was a good profit. Yeah. So in Quantopian, you, they have um, you you can write these algorithms. You, you write your little algorithm in the web browser using Python, and they have their own. You know, and you can hit backtest and it'll test around certain um, uh, stocks or futures or whatever. But let's say you put ten thousand in there, mm-hmm. and it was tracking like, I don't know, five hundred shares, and they got the tracking five hundred shares, like tracking five hundred shares. I mean, you're trading one when you buy buy or sell, you trade you trade. Basically, the, this algorithm, the M trade algorithm, was tracking five hundred shares, and every time it saw an M, it it bought, bought, and every time it got up to the top, it sold. If you just left that running automatically on a thousand shares, you know, why wouldn't a thousand different trade uh, companies? Why wouldn't that just work? I don't. I don't get well, it. Well, it probably wouldn't. I mean, so probably what would happen is more times than not, after the first or second time down, it would you'd buy and it would just keep going down. If you buy it and keep going down, and then just all your money like, would, ju- yeah, and we just keep losing. So it's, or, it's or, not a ratchet that goes. Or you'd sell at the top, and then it just keeps going up. So you'd also, in addition, you have to you'd have to um, define your exit or your stop. So if, if I lose more than twenty percent, or it goes up, or against me more than how many dollars, then I'm going to exit the trade or something. So you have to define sort of basic risk management stuff into it. But. So it's the kind of thing that sounds easy, but probably the more you get into well, it, well, yeah, like you know. I, I told you, it's, it's just write a little Python script I in there. I don't. So you're basically you're just going to bullshit about it and not try. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I'm just curious. Like I, I'm just wondering. Well, if there's anybody work. out there who who loves Python who wouldn't mind messing around with for an hour or so on Quantopian, right? Justin's M trade, and let's see what the uh, the P and L of that thing is. Yeah. So over back testing it over the last ten years, it's probably like a win like 19 percent of the time or something. All right. <laughs> see what the sharp ratio is. <laughs> well, that's um. So all right, let's move on. Sure. Um. Oh, so I, I want to talk about the, um, so yesterday I took Colby to the uh, Pasadena Science and Technology Expo. Mm-hmm. I briefly mentioned this three or four months ago. I had lunch with um, Eric Dreyer, who's runs the, uh, he's he's a director of, of um, STEM education for Pasadena, mm-hmm. from the Pasadena Science and Education Foundation. And... Um, Pasadena Education Foundation, PEF, that's right. And um, he, so they, so he's the one in charge. He, he set up this app academy at Pasadena High School. So they were actually learning um, web development and mobile development and everything, which is pretty cool for high schools. Yeah, that's very cool. And he also set up the robotics program. So they had a robotics competition. So all the middle schools in the Pasadena area, and I don't know, it was like eight, 10 or 12 of them, whatever. They each had, you know, a robotics, uh, I think a class. I don't know if it's class or a club or whatever. And they had these Mindstorms uh, robots. And what they did is they um, they had them all compete over an obstacle course. Pretty simple one. And so they said, they told them, they gave them a rough outline of what the challenge was going to be. But then they showed them the challenge and they had three hours to program. So it was going to change. So the so your kind of robots needed to negotiate a changing course. Uh, well, the course is static. It's just you have to negotiate certain. You have to go across some swiggles and cross certain things oh, and but end up in a certain place. What I'm saying is, 
they did they didn't give him like a surprise course 10 minutes before no they like gave they, a surprise course three hours before three hours before okay right yeah and i so i took colby we we ran over there i told you we had a bunch of stuff going on yesterday so we just dropped <laughs> sandy and the girls off after the pool party and we sprinted over there at passing the city college and went over to the auditorium and um and uh, just in time for the um for the quarterfinals, last couple, we had the last couple of heats and started watching the quarterfinals and finals. Yeah. And it was pretty cool. Like, so some of them wrote it in like the Mindstorm, um, I think what, actually what it's called, it's a something G language, which is just like this drag and drop. Yeah, yeah. Based on LabVIEW. And, but most of them use Robot C, which is sort of like a, it looks kind of like, it's kind of a hybrid between maybe JavaScript and C and it's built for that. And, uh, it was really fun watching it. I mean, some of them obviously, some of the robots obviously failed miserably, but some <laughs> of them actually did pretty well. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And so I took Colby over there and we watched the semifinals and the finals and he really liked it. So it is cool. this what we're thinking for Catalyst then? Something like well, that? Well, I was thinking on Tuesday what we could do is we'll just come up with like a few, maybe one or two really simple um, challenges. See if you can get your robot to do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And because they all built the robots last, they all physically, they, they we had three robots and six kids. So, um, each team had the robot finished by the end of the class. Although Colby went home and tricked his out. So there's a little, (laughs) Riley's going to be surprised at kind of what Colby did to it. (laughs) And uh, so we'll come in on Tuesday and maybe say, okay, why don't we see if we can have, have it do a couple of small things and they get to program it. And on that topic, I, what I've done is, is so there's, there's a language called not exactly C, which sort of an open source C language for brainstorms. That's been, that's that's it's pretty good, and it's I think Robot C is very similar, which is what this program they use. But that's just backed by a company, and it costs money, and they have a whole curriculum and stuff. But obviously, we're not going to pay for all that because it was, if I recall, it was pretty pricey because um, it's geared towards selling to school districts and yeah, like yeah, yeah. And so, not exactly C is very similar, except there's very little documentation on it. And I got the one book on it, and it's one of those things. It's like you know, just buy those books, and it's mostly just a reference. <laughs> Yeah. You know. So what I'm doing is I'm I'm uh, I created a web page which will have the installation instructions and some basic overview of it and I'm going to have a list of the major function calls that we need and also like some basic recipes. You know like you know you buy like Python cookbook or something and then you can look up and like how to do this, how to do that, and yeah. it'll just have lots of little simple examples. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do some of that this afternoon with Colby um cuz he wants to see if we can get it working. Oh, and then, nice. And I already started on, I, I spent like an hour on it on Friday. So I'm going to see if I can spend another hour or two on it today. And uh, then we'll have like a nice, a nice webpage where you can just like do all this and, and we can, uh, and we'll be ready to go on Tuesday. Yeah. So you see now, now the whole idea that we're thought of, I'm going to have this whole break during the summer has got me more motivated <laughs> to yeah. do stuff. It's a get to. It's in the get to. Yeah. So what about um, this, your secret project? Yeah, so speaking of get to and have to, um, I'm starting to feel more get to about it. I mean, I'm, I'm embarrassingly behind on it, which is obviously embarrassing, <laughs> frustrating. Is it a secret project anymore? Yeah. It's still secret. Well, I mean, it's just, I, don't, I just want to wait till it's done. I mean, I'm, it's not secret because it's, it's like mind-blowingly innovative or yeah. something. It's a simple collaboration, web collaboration system called Vortex, and... Um, and, uh, you know, you, you've played with a little, you had your company play with it a couple of days and, yeah. and, uh, yeah, I want to get out there. I've just, you know, I took on just too many projects and I just, it was like a, it's like a, a CPU just has too many processes running and all of it just stops responding to all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I felt like that was the way I was. I just wasn't making, it wasn't getting enough done for Catalyst. I wasn't getting anything done on Vortex. I wasn't, uh, you know, getting done any, and some other projects I had committed to. And I was just, the only thing I could get done was Uber and the podcast and, and stuff in the company I've been serving as sort of a, I, I guess they, they call it like an advising CTO company called Pivot. And oh, uh, I'm fine with talking. I think that's fine. They have me on their website as the advising CTO. Oh, because you, we cut it out last time. That's fine. It's okay, fine. good. It's All right. Fine. So, um, so yeah, uh, anyway, just, just too much. But now that, you know, Catalyst to take a break, texting is once every two weeks. And I've been helping out, I guess I could talk about this on the show, but I've, I've been helping out uh, Lola with Mikrut. Mikrut, yeah. But I'm getting the sense that Mikrut is not <laughs> moving uh, forward. I don't know. I have to talk to her about it. But, um, you know, in order to get, um, I mean, ultimately, it's like sort of, sort of what I call like a passive recruiting service. Mm-hmm. So that even if you have a job that you really like, you'd sign up and say, uh, you know, you'd write like a 500, limited to a 500 character pitch. Like, this is what I do. This is what makes me awesome kind of thing, right? But you'd be scared to do that if you if you had a job. But it'd be totally anonymous. I see. So you would create an anonymous profile that would just, we would obviously have your email and then you would have your private information on there. And so the only thing that anyone that these um, these rec- that these hiring managers at these startups could see was sort of like a tight your title like full stack web developer or mobile yeah, developer yeah. or whatever. And here's a 500 character pitch. I live in Chicago, Illinois, and I'm a U.S. citizen or I'm on a green card or whatever it is, right? And if the um, if the hiring manager was like, "Wow, this person looks really interesting," they would click a button which would send you a little synopsis of the position that they're trying to find that they think you'd be a good fit for and you could either reply to it like yeah unlock my profile so they can see it or don't right i mean you know or you just don't have to do anything but and then they can and only that hiring manager can see your profile right nobody else can and sounds like a good idea though i think it's a good idea i mean you know the way and my strategy for this when i was telling her about like how we think we should go is like we just need to go get like 50 or 100 profiles up there once you get 50 or 100 profiles of people who look like they're interesting candidates then it'll be easy to go to these hiring managers who she's already talked to and already expressed interest in the concept and said that they would sign up go and 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 say look here's what we got so far Take a look at that, and they'll look at, and they'll hopefully look at. Let's go. Wow, look, some really good candidates. Yeah, yeah sign us up for a month or six months or whatever. But um, I, I had suggested she go on Stack Overflow and just start, you know, finding candidates, send them a really short, personalized, informal email. Say we're a little startup. We're so we're trying to do. See if we can get them sign up and have get, get, get anything. Haven't gotten any yet. Nothing. Sort of like it's sort of like hunting down any few experts in a way, but yeah, a bit more futile. Yeah, and I don't know if if what the problem was. I mean, but if and my whole thought with the Mikrut thing was like, you know, we because I we just put together a simple form and some simple copy on the site and everything, and um, I felt like okay, if we can prove we can either prove this out, we can prove this out pretty quickly, right? I mean, if we can't get anybody to sign up, then it's not going to work. If we can get just a baseline level of of uh, of candidates to sign up then we're then we got a shot yeah but you know and i said i can put in a, I can put like a a basic amount of effort in to get this thing up so we can prove it out to the mvp model but 
But I don't know. I haven't, you know, we had the form about a week and a half and she emailed, she said she emailed 30 or so uh, people off Stack Overflow and not a single person signed up. Well, would, but wouldn't you go for like 100 people? I would. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if she's going to do 100. I don't know what she's going to do. Mary, or, you know. At least 100 to find, to get a, a, an authentic percentage. I think so. I mean, and, and she said she had an email list of a couple hundred people. Um, so I don't know if she's emailed them yet. I mean, I sent her an email a couple of days ago and heard anything, but I don't know. I mean, sort of. My, so you're thinking of like, this is, a, this is a have to that maybe you want to. Well, we'll see. I mean, drop. my, my <coughs> thought is like, if she can get some people to sign up, then great. Then, um, and then, cause, cause then I still don't have to do, I'll, I, I'll put the next effort to build some more of the site. If we can get people to sign up, if we can't get, people sign up there's no point of me spending time on it mm-hmm. right i mean why would i go bail out the whole site if you know, yeah you no i agree register and um so it's either going to turn into it's going to be either she's not going to get be able to get anyone to sign up in which case it's totally off my plate yeah or um she is going to get a bunch of people to sign up for it or she's going to exceed some threshold that i think is reasonable i mean obviously seven people signing up isn't enough mm-hmm. you can get 50 or 100 or something then i'll be like yeah. okay like that's enough to entice hiring managers and if you can entice hiring managers that's actual revenue which means you got something mm-hmm. she should be writing blog posts and like pushing it out there and finding all sorts of ways of getting people to sign up yeah and you know that's her that's her uh area of concern right that's her responsibility mm-hmm. so like i'm building it like we work out the strategy together and I build the technology and then she's going to kind of do that sort of marketing hustle. And we'll see if she, you know, either she can or either she's able to do it or she's not able to do it. And, yeah. you know, and, and we'll see. But I don't know. So right now, nothing, I, you know, I haven't seen anything happen in the last week and a half. I mean, I kind of want to just kind of let leave it in her court and let her. Right. Let see if she can make some progress on it, and you know, and I, I'm happy to change some copy or do some, you know, small fixes on or add, you know, could you remove a field or do this or whatever? That's fine, but um, yeah. I'm not gonna, you know, go spend 50 hours of coding until see so, some stuff. So, do you have any links in your iPad? Here, I got plenty of links. I always got links. Let's see here. Oh, you know, one thing was interesting. I don't have a link, but here's another thing I'd really like to talk about. Um. So this past week, I was working. I create. I, I was working on creating a node module, All right. for a public node module for um, for Uber. So I'd written something called the Differ, which was like a, a. It would take two JavaScript objects and and calculate a diff. Yeah. And then you could apply that to an object, and it would change it. Right. So that because what happens is we would have a state of the dispatch system in a certain city, and we were sending that down to Godview and we're sending like 35 megabytes of data. But you, I think, was it on the last show that you spoke about talking about that? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to go into it just yeah, so yeah. that's the, what the differ was, yeah. but Amos who runs a dispatch team, he's like, Hey, could you like make that a, an NPM module? Nice. And so I was like, all right. And of course it's kind of a pain in the butt at first. Cause you have to jump through all these hoops and, you know, it's just like a protocol, especially the first time you do it. You're like, okay, so we yeah. got the JSON package, and then we got to we want to set those things up to run on Travis.org, so we have automatic integration, testing integration, and then we got to. So is it is it in the main file. npm repository now? It is now. It's a differ. So Uber slash differ, and uh, <coughs> one thing that's really funny about it is it reminded me of creating these com libraries for Windows. Hmm. 
Did you ever create? You never wrote Windows. No, Code, I didn't right? do that. Yeah. No. So, in order, if you wanted to create a an, a library of objects that had like a a very specific um, binary interface, you would define your objects in a com library, C O M for component object model. Yeah. Yeah. And and which is sort of similar to there was a more generalized model back in the nineties called Corba, I think it was, and common object request broker something. I don't yeah. know what the A was stand for. And um, so com was what Microsoft created. And so you could write a com library in um, VB, Visual Basic, or C or C or even maybe even Delphi, I don't know, and you could share. So then these other languages could could lock into a com library and and make use of these objects. Hmm. And you would have to edit the inter, inter, the IDL file, IDL file, which was the interface definition language for each object, and mm. you create the com library and the def libraries and the registry stuff. And it's like you have to jump through all these hoops so the thing works. Yeah. And I like, wait a minute. So when I'm reading this NPM module, I'm like, I have done this before. <laughs> like I said, it wasn't called NPM; it was called com, <laughs> and it wasn't Node and Web; it was Windows. You know, it's, yeah. It's like the more things change, the more they stay the same, but <laughs> I'll say this though that you know I think I think that uh, Node and the, the NPM module system is is really is great and I think they've I've obviously learned from systems like Com like how do you what are the what do we have what do we need to do to specify what the um, the module is and dependencies and build dependencies and versions and getting all that stuff specified so so that you know the NPM um, system can does it have it. dependencies? Yeah, right now it only depends on our Uber class library. We have like a class inheritance thing, okay, and a pro which has the profiler built into it. Mm. But we may we're talking about removing that because the differ isn't doesn't need to be an instance. It doesn't have state, but the class extend library um, makes it so that uh, you can. Use the profile. The profile is automatically built into it. So if you don't use class that extend, then you don't have profiling. So can I, um, <coughs> for uh, my Digidu stuff that uh, Udi and myself are working on, can we basically use the your profiler and extend it, mm-hmm. extend everything using the? You, just use, you would just Uber. you would just use class dot extend to, to create to define your objects. Yeah, your classes or whatever. I mean, such as they are in in Node. Or JavaScript, and yeah, you could use differ, yeah, just like you'd use any node oh, library. So no, differ's not the profiler, though, right? No, that's just that's just called that's called Clouseau. Okay, so I could use I could use Clouseau in Digidoo. Yeah. Huh. Sure. Cool. Yeah, if you want to do it, I'll I'll show you how it works. It's it's pretty slick. So yeah, we it, you know we're trying to do a lot of um, a lot of that publishing. Okay, great. Our stuff and making public. Um, modules out of as opposed to just keeping everything in house how's uber doing is it still growing <laughs> yeah i mean is it is the pope catholic <laughs> or is it cars.com is the is the it was it the pope mobile catholic <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah yeah it's growing i mean it's it's, it's like a boulder rolling down a hill any other fun links fun links Let's 10 see. minutes we've got 10 minutes okay i'm looking oh you remember how we talked about there was, I brought this up like, I don't know, it's been a year ago. There was this guy, last name was Rossi, and I think he's some Italian scientist, and he said he had this this cold fusion device called the ECAT. Yeah. Well, I know, was, I know very, I know that story very well. Yeah, go on. Yeah, so there's just been something, it was in Forbes, 
um, they there's this you know something like finally there was some independent testing of the Rossi's ECAT fusion device saying that it uh, may actually work after all that I actually no way yeah I mean I'll put the link into it but you know it's that's what the that's what the there's some different um, other uh, there's some science either some universities or whatever that have vetted some of the uh, results so that's interesting because I remember the guy like I did do a little bit of research about this and the guy himself just seems kind of crazy like what like really yeah. out there yeah the whole and, thing sounded like so you just wouldn't believe him yeah, I mean, I'm still skeptical to a degree because he, the, 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 I don't know, this kind of stuff when it's not developed by a university. But he would do things like not let people in on a certain day. No, you can't come today. Yeah. You know, things like that, which is, which is kind of classic. It's, the whole thing sounded like bullshit. It sounded yeah. like a, a, I don't know what you call it, not a hoax, but just a, you know, like perpetual motion. But now, for, in for, I don't know if you can, is that Forbes.com proper or Forbes.com yeah, Forbes. where, where anyone can write a blog post? I don't think there exists something like that. For there it. does because 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 I've seen a few people put blog posts on Forbes dot com through there. Are you sure? Yeah, remember remember um, Cameron from from Microconf. He got he got a uh, post on Forbes because there's there's like there's a there's like a a community blog section where you can post on Forbes. Well, I'm looking at the link and it's done the proper. I okay. think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't look like it's part of. The, well, we'll see. Yeah. So, um, let's see what else do we got. That's interesting. Well, that's, that's free energy almost. Why well, not? It's cheap energy. No, it's not free energy. Cheap energy. Free energy. Come on. The only free energy you have is the sun's energy. We have a big fusion reactor in the sky called the sun. <laughs> that's, that's really free energy you got. Um, so let's see here. Um, you know what's the thing I was, I, I'm going to put a link up to this. I think I've only read half of it cause it's pretty long. It, it, Char, do you know Charlie Munger is? Mm-mm. He's um, Warren Buffett's like second hand, All right. yeah. hand man or whatever. He's actually older than uh, Buffett. Like, <laughs> oh <my laughs> but God. he's like this, he's a really bright guy. He was giving this speech um, on um, the psychology of human misjudgment, which basically talking about a lot of things that we talk about in terms of cognitive biases and mm. logical fallacies and stuff. And he's he's talking about his his lifelong journey of like trying to keep himself from becoming to to falling victim to psychological to misjudgment because of psychological uh, bi- from cognitive biases and other kinds of issues that we just have naturally built into us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so it's great. It's like a it's a speech he gave, I think, to some university or business school or something. And from it's actually from 1995, I think. But I'll put it up there. It's it's great. Um, and there was a another. One. I, this is on my to read list. I haven't had to read it, but it was by um, there's a guy named uh, was like Yudkowsky. Uh, I can't remember. He's he's like this artificial intelligence guy, and it's called the cognitive cognitive biases potentially affecting judgment of global risks, like what people talk about, like I don't know, let's say something like um, pollution or climate change or nuclear war that like how we as humans actually deal with those potential risks yeah um but it's all it's all based on the same thing like these cognitive biases we have and irrationality that results from that yeah well talking about investing Mm -hmm. uh, because you're just talking about warren buffett there Mm -hmm. uh, like i am officially a stock trader now (laughs) 
You bought one well, so, <laughs> one share of Tesla. I, well, so so the full story is is that uh, in in the in the previous show, um, I was saying I want to buy I want to buy Tesla, but how do I get started? Will you help me? Of course, you didn't help me whatsoever. Well, I thought but it was r- like it was like asking <laughs> help you to like. It was the easiest thing in the world. It's like, well, help me browse to Amazon.com. It's like, dude, come on. Well, of course, Rob Walling, I mean, stand-up guy, sends me an email, says, look, these are the guys to go with. He gives me, gives me two choices. Scott Trade are the people I use. I told easy. you. I said, go to Scott Trade. So, okay, so I signed I up. I said the same thing. All right, so I signed up with Scott Trade, and, you know, half an hour later, I was a proud owner of one share of Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> what did you buy it at $90? Uh, 87 there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, so I'm in, I'm, I'm in the the Tesla trade. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think, um, you know, we just talked a lot about Tesla, so we don't have to go into it, but I was saying it went up on Thursday or it was like Wednesday, Thursday, went to like $110. But now it's back down to 97. 97. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've bounced around. I mean, my thought of the whole thing is that, you know, as I've said before, I think, you know, the seven year, you know, seven to 10 year, well, I've horizon. got well. Anyway, seven to ten year horizon. I said I think it's like a ten x investment. I think this is big, but what happens interim to that? It's like it's anybody's guess. So, so should should I put a stop trade at sixty? Is that the right lingo? A stop loss? No, or no. I know. I want to buy at sixty. A buy. That'd be a limit buy. You buy. I want a limit buy at sixty. Okay, that's that's going to be my next plan. Right, at sixty. If, if it, it falls, if it falls, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's. All that timing of the market stuff is really tricky. Are you going to keep buying it now that it's up this high? You know, I'm probably not going to buy right now. I mean, I I think, you know, as bullish as I am on it, you know, once everybody starts jumping on the bandwagon, right? you know, I think things go up and things go exponential. Um, It will probably crash a bit in the interim. Oh, so you think it may go to like a 60? I don't know if it'll go down to 60. It it could go down to like 80 or 75 and sit there for six months, you know, maybe it'll, and then maybe dwindle down. It may never hit 60. Maybe it goes down to 63 or four and then pops back up. Hmm. It's just hard to tell. I mean, these things, I mean, it's a freaking stock market, you know I mean? It's like, you know, it's hard to say, but the only thing I will say is that when things go up exponential, um, it's just, they rarely go up. Things don't go forever. Right. Yeah. And they rarely go up and then just stay for a while. What happened is it goes up Everyone's like, "Wow, this market's this is going up. I'm getting on this bandwagon up, up." And then it stalls out because eventually people, people start selling because people start thinking, "Wow, this is pretty high." And then it starts stalling out, and people say, "Well, I'm gonna since it's not going up anymore, I'm gonna go ahead. And I'm gonna take my profits and run." Yeah. And so it's more people sell, and more so, and then it starts to slide, and everyone's like, "Oh crap, it's get time to get out." And then it starts going down that side of the roller coaster, right? <laughs> and people start selling out, and then and then it starts getting down lower. And then people are like, "Wow, it's getting really cheap. I'm gonna start buying." So people who are like long time who have a longer term perspective on it and say, "I I." believe in tesla i think it's good it's getting cheap i'm gonna start buying it some more and it starts going up and up and it starts getting up people get excited momentum and everybody jumps on again you know it's all the herd mentality so well um we got four minutes um i have got a plugio on flipper.com really yeah gonna sell the old girl i don't know if i'm gonna sell. i'm just i've i've put 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 her up there um and just want to see what 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 happens actually when i when when you're creating it and you like um set up the profile it 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 guesstimates what price you should kind of go for it and it, the guesstimate that it came back with was a hundred thousand oh really yeah so i don't know we'll see what happens so a hundred thousand be a nice chunk of change and if you could get something like that then of course it's just something off your plate yep well because that's just actually something i was thinking about was like you know i was telling you i hit a profound sense of burnout early last week Mm-hmm. I was just, I, and it's been building for the last couple of weeks. I was just, ugh, 
just burnt out. I didn't care about it. I didn't want to work on anything. Yeah. And, it, you know, and that's why I was like, I need to start chopping things down because, you know, while I do believe it's okay to work on more than one thing, it's one thing to work on like one main thing and a couple things that are sort of like, you know, like a podcast or some other little side projects, but it's something else entirely to work on like nine things. I mean, mm. it, it, I mean, everybody has a different capacity, but I do. Anyone believe- would tell you that though. Yeah. Well, obviously, but. I mean, it's not like that. That's pretty obvious, just so you know. Well, I'm, I'm using nine as an extreme example, right? <laughs> right? So the question is, is what's your capacity and you're based on your personality and the time available? And I, anyway, I blew through my, I boundary tested yeah. my, my capacity and I blew through it and I burnt myself out. And so that's why I'm like, all right, I need to start chopping some of this stuff down. So what do you think? Probably four projects. And I think it really just depends on how involved they are. I mean, yeah. if you consider Catalyst a project, consider the podcast a project. I mean, they're not the same kind, quite the right. same kind of thing. They do take up time and commitment. But one thing I was thinking about is like an analogy. One analogy I wanted to draw is that when you, even when you're not working on anything, they're all of those things, it's almost like you're a comet going through a solar system and each of the planets in the solar system are exerting some amount of gravitational pull on you. Right. And you can't, so it's hard to focus and, and go hit in, and on some trajectory because there's always something pulling you and you something somewhere. That's, and a, nice, that's a nice analogy, yeah. Yeah, and, and 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 it's and it's exhausting to fight against those gravitational pulls to just stay on target for something else. So that you know, you can you can at the beginning of the day say, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to work on this project in the morning and this one in the afternoon. Or I'm only going to work on this project today or whatever. But there's this part of you that keeps going out, this higher level function, sort of your executive function, your brain that's continually thinking, well, you know, you should probably work on this or what about this other thing, and and it just saps your energy, and. And, and I told you about this the other day, we were talking offline, is I was like, you know, there's this one thing I want to build or play with on my own that has nothing to do with anything. But because I have all this other stuff that I have, that's in my have to column and I have to do, I feel like I can't do it and, or I don't allow myself to do it, but then I get more and more frustrated and so I don't get anything done because I have to scratch that itch. I need to spend, you know, an X number of hours just to burn it out of my system so that I don't, I quit. So that every third thought isn't, oh God, I wish I could work on that. Oh man, I wish I could work on that. <laughs> you know? The exercise, the madness. So another thing I want to talk, I know we're running out of time, but another thing I want to yeah. mention real quick is uh, we just, so Sandy and I just finished uh, watching the Battlestar Galactica series. Oh, right. All 76 How does episodes. that feel to just finally get through it? Uh, good. I mean, although I'm a little sad because I want to, I want to, Keep I going. liked it. Yeah. You know, Keep going, yeah. I mean, it was a great series. I highly recommend Battlestar Galactica if you're looking for, you like sci-fi or even if you don't love sci-fi, but you're looking, you like that. It's good. Yeah. Um, I reckon. I, what do you I, want to say about it? Well, it's interesting. You know, I was thinking about, so one thing about the show and I'm not really giving it too much away, but then of course the show has been done for like six years. So I feel like I can talk about it. Yeah. If, if you don't want to hear about it at all, then, you know, skip ahead five minutes. So, but, or, or just three just minutes end. right now. <laughs> yeah. But um, the one thing is that they went through like the Cylons existed and, the, and then it was like they existed in the past and then they existed in the future. Like humanity has gone through this cycle of creating Cylons and having conflict between Cylons and humans, mm. whatever. And it was kind of interesting because it was almost like technology caps out at a certain point. Like I started thinking like at some point do we cap out like, there's only so far we can go technology. I mean, run into laws of physics, the boundaries in physics with the speed of light or, or whatever it is. And it's just like, and based on our humanity and like what we want, how we want to live as humans, will we naturally kind of hit asymptotically at least some kind of ceiling? It's like, it's just not going to get more advanced than that. 
Yeah, but it's going to be like um, E&M Banks player of games kind of thing that I was telling you about before where where it's just technology becomes so advanced. It's basically like biology. Yeah, I mean, but I wonder at some point if people are just like, we could do these things that are more advanced in some sense, but they make our make our lives less human-like, and so I don't want to do it. Like, maybe it would be more advanced if, like, we essentially merged with robots or we went into some sort of virtual, completely realistic virtual reality. Like, we, don't, we no longer exist in the physical space. It's like, oh, we can be transmitted across the galaxy at the speed of light, or we can be, you know, our brains can In other words, it's, just, it's actually just better for us if we stop being physical and move totally into the virtual. I'm just saying, like, like okay, so if you did that, then you could be immortal, you could live in any kind of universe you wanted, you know, you could do whatever. But it's like, people might be like, it wants to start going down the road, people, there might be... The majority of people say, like, that's just not how humans just don't really don't want to do that. But, but today. And so if we're limited to our biology or what and we don't want to alter our biology, we don't want to genetically engineer ourselves to be something alternate. Do do we stop? Well, it reminds me of that Star Trek episode where they had, um, you know, how data always used to um, want to be human. No, he always wanted to be against Sherlock Holmes. He was Sherlock Holmes against Moriarty. Oh, OK. And he said, he said to the computer, build, build me a, a Moriarty that is so, you know, so clever that I can't beat him. Uh-huh. Right. So they did that and they ended up with this, this crazy Moriarty character who was too clever for them. But finally, what they did was the way that they got him was they created an alternate universe in this little kind of cube computer thing. And they put Moriarty and his wife in there so that he was continuing to live his life and be just Moriarty, but he was within that, co- that conscious space, right. which is basically what you, what you just described there. Yeah. Huh. So, so, um, but w- what I wondered is we wouldn't necessarily need to be part of that universe that you're describing. We just, a, a clone of ourselves could go into there and then it would, yeah. all be, it would all be happening. And then like, what does that mean? Is that really your self consciousness <laughs> exactly. or whatever? I mean, that's that really strange metaphysical philosophical conversations, but you know, because you're looking at the Battlestar Galactica and stuff, and it was like it was like their spaceships and their technology didn't really advance beyond a certain point. It got to a certain point, and it was just like that was the sort of like. But is that because that. we can only we can only envision that? I think that's there's probably some truth to that. I think there's only so it's only so far in the future we can exist we can imagine or like you like we're we're imagining stuff that might be way further advanced than what was um this you know uh, demonstrated in Battlestar Galactica or Star Wars or something like that. But it gets so weird for us that we don't even want to watch it. We don't talk about it. Like, it's like, I, okay, like, for me as a human being, I can't, I can't picture that as being, it's just so awkward and weird and, 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 and it would be a, such a non-human existence that wouldn't be entertaining for well, me. Well, you can't, about. you couldn't picture, this is what I'm trying to say about, like, moving to biology. Like, there could be systems that meld with us and, like, put tendrils into our skin, but it doesn't really hurt us, and it, they kind of literally go directly into our brain kind of thing. Well, know? I think ultimately what will happen is, um, my theory on it, I mean, is we'll probably re-engineer ourselves slowly over time. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll change our own genetics. Yeah, I mean, right. it's not going to be, like, metal things sticking into us or cyborgs. Uh, you'll, you'll literally, we'll literally re-engineer ourselves. At first, it'll be like, well, there's this thing that can go and can reverse diabetes, and it changes your DNA a little bit. You know, things like that, or people who have or autism or, or uh, Alzheimer's, and there's a genetic uh, solution for it. And then it'll slowly... You know, the power of gradualism would be like, well, it turns out people have Down syndrome or, you know, people who are, who are blind or because of something, you know, 
neurological disorder fixes things. And it's like, well, now we can actually make people have 20-20 vision or 20-10 vision or actually now we've saw these things. So now people age much more slowly and then it just, just becomes a power of gradualism. And then people, you know, maybe, maybe they not do it to themselves. They're like, oh, I can make my kid you know, they're going to be a little short, but this is actually going to make it so they're actually taller than average or they don't have to wear glasses or it turns out, well, I'll just do one that might turn out my kid will only have to sleep three hours a night. Gattaca. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, I personally think that's, assuming there's no law of physics that's going to prevent that from happening, from our ability to do that, I think that's an inevitability. I think well, as long as a black swan doesn't come and take it in some totally different tangent. yeah. Yeah, that's true. But that would be my, but unless, of course, as, as Stephen Hawking is warned, he's like worried about like our, our humanity, like we turn ourselves completely inward, like we don't go outward and go out to star the stars and become a multi-planetary, multi inter, inter, well, inter, um, intergalactic, not intergalactic, but we'd be in, 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 in multiple star systems that we would just be in our own little virtual realities. Yeah. You know, hell, I don't know. Oh, but uh, one thing I want to recommend, we started watching a new show. Yeah. House of Cards. Oh, I, I've heard a lot about that. Have you that. seen that? I've heard, but that's that's on Netflix, right? Netflix is Kevin Spacey. It's like a political intrigue, which really isn't my genre. But it's there. I mean, basically, it's a good idea on their part, like, because it's such, apparently it's just such a good show that it's worth subscribing to Netflix for Holy that show. Holy crap, is that a good show? I mean, yeah. I'm not, like I said, I'm not under political intrigue. That really wouldn't be my first, Yeah. you know, genre. In fact, I wouldn't be close to my first genre. But Kevin Spacey is unbelievable. And Robin Wright, Penn Wright or whatever, Robin Wright Penn or whatever her, her name is, his wife is, is unbelievable too. I mean, the actors are amazing. The story is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, after like, at the end of the first show, I started a little show, the first 20, 30 minutes when they're setting everything up, you're still, I'm still kind of like, have my arms folded, like, I don't know if I want to watch this. You know, yeah. after the end of it, I was like, wow, that was good. That was amazing. And the second one, you know, Sandy and I are completely hooked. Great. So that's a good one. I, if people are looking for a good show to watch, House, House of Cards. Cards, you heard it here. Well, it's only they've only done thirteen episodes, so it's like you, we're probably going to blow through it in like a couple weeks or two, three weeks. Well, you have any recommendations before we sign off? Parenthood, the movie, a TV show. There's a TV show, Parenthood. I recommend it if you like the kind of teenage dramas that I like, <laughs> the family, the family stuff that I like. I recommend Parenthood. Teenage yeah. dramas. Parenthood's not exactly a teenage drama, but it's a very family-oriented show. So if you like family, family-oriented stuff, it's oh, worth looking at. Oh, dude, I forgot one last thing. We got to mention this. All right. One but last you, thing. George is, is George walking to the, the door. door right now, so you got to see. Here's the title of, this, of the article. Scientists poke frozen mammoth, liquid blood squirts out. <laughs> <laughs> so some scientists, the Russian scientists, found a, a frozen <laughs> mammoth in Siberia. Yeah. And it actually had soft tissue. They were actually able to extract its DNA. Oh my lord! And they're they're it looks like they're going to try and uh, create a new mammoth, woolly Jurassic mammoth. Buff. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. And what they're going to do is they're ultimately going. I don't know what kind of an egg they're. You probably use like the an egg from like a an Indian elephant, and they're going to put this DNA and they're going to implant it in the uh, uterus of a female Indian at, Indian elephant, which is closest relative. Bloody hell. Now, the thing is, though, <laughs> yeah. So there's an article in the Siberian Times and there's an article in Wired um, about this. I'll put both links up there. But the the, the Korean, the South Korean um, scientific group, I don't know if it's a university or whatever that they're contracting with, is run by the scientist who was the same scientist in 2006 who claimed to have cloned human cells but was actually 
faking the results or actually oh, okay. results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember that whole thing? So you definitely have to look at that with some severe skepticism if a guy like that's involved. All right. Another, yeah. So I don't know. But the fact that they got the DNA for it, they completely, you know, a complete uh, uh, sample of DNA from a woolly mammoth is pretty awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. So you want to leave it at that? Yep. All right. That's a wrap. We're out.